This is a fun one. You may remember Susie Moore from episode zero to four on the podcast, where we talked about becoming the media, becoming your own media. And I just adore Susie. And I'm so happy to have her back because she has a brand new book out that is so important right now. So if you don't know Susie, Susie is the author of Stop Checking Your Likes and What If It Doesn't Work, which was named by Entrepreneur as one of the eight business books entrepreneurs must read to dominate their industry. Susie is a former Silicon Valley sales director turned life coach, and she's been featured on The Today Show, as well as in O Magazine, Business Insider, Forbes, Time, and Marie Claire. Her work has been celebrated by Ariana Huffington, uh, Chris Jenner, and she's interviewed the likes of Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. I really, really can't wait for you to hear this conversation because it dives deep into our fascination and our obsession (laughs) with external validation and social media and likes and how we can turn that around, turn it inward and really start loving ourselves so we can stop caring so much about what other people think so we can truly go after what we want in this life because that's what we all deserve. And we're going deep. We're going real deep on this episode. I'm sharing a lot of stuff I've never talked about before and I can't wait to hear your opinion. So if you enjoy this, please take a screenshot of it and share it out on your Instagram stories. Tag me at Sunny Leonard Uzi and let me know what you think and what your big takeaways are. And also show me where you're listening from because like that's super interesting too to me. <laughs> you listen from some very fascinating places in the world. So I can't wait to see that as well. And if you haven't left a rating and a review yet, please take a second to do that. It means the world and it helps us reach even more people with this free content. I can't wait to get into this one. All right, let's do it. I'm Sunny Linarduzzi. Welcome to the Sunny Show podcast for the bright side of being your own boss and building your own life. My definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything else personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. I promise to support you on your journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome back to the show, Susie. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh my gosh, Sunny, you know I adore you. Thank you so much for having me back. Well, we have such an exciting announcement this time. You have a book. I know, I know. Finally, the day arrives. You work on this stuff behind the scenes for so long. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, what has that journey been for you of getting this book baby out into the world? <laughs> I tell you, any author who follows through and has a finished product has my respect because <laughs> so much of the stuff that we do, you know, as writers, is just behind the scenes. It's thankless. It's kind of edits, re-edits, rewrites. And so look, it's a long process. You have to feel committed. But in the end, all you can do is just celebrate what you have, right? And then enjoy the process of just putting it out there. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that because I feel like some people are like, oh, it just, you know, the book just flowed out of me and it was just an easy process. And I had, when I had Marie Marie Forleo on the podcast to talk about her book, she was like, I bled for this book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I was like, thank you for the honesty. It's true. And you know, like when it comes to you know, what to focus on in your business, a book, it doesn't always feel like the best idea, right? And right. a lot of people invite you against it, etc. But I think what you just have to do is just follow your intuition. And if it's right for you, then just stay at it. 
Absolutely. So if you aren't familiar with Susie, we have another episode of Susie. It's 024, which was like, feels like a forever ago. It was on becoming the media. And so I know that if someone's listened to that episode, they're already familiar with you. But if they haven't, before we dive into all of the goodness of this book, can you just give our listener a little background on who you are and how you got to this amazing point? Yes, absolutely. So my background is corporate and I started my my business as a life coach like six, nearly seven years ago now. And I grew my business using the media, which is what I teach now because a lot of people want to become more visible, to be seen, heard, spread their message. And now I work still as a coach, as a author now, obviously, and also as a life advice columnist for publications like Cover Magazine, Forbes, Business Insider, Marie Claire, all sorts of places. No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, you know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It's extremely accessible to everyone because one thing that I always say about myself, it's almost like my proudest thing, like I should be ashamed of it, is that I have no qualifications, Sunny. I have a high school (laughs) education. I didn't go to college. I'm not a certified life coach. I got nothing apart from a lot of courage and just belief in myself and the ability to just keep going even when the chips are down. Absolutely. And I mean, you know what? I think that's great. And it's it's proof of the magical time that we live in right now because I am such a big believer that your experience is your best knowledge. And it's such a huge key to being able to support other people and making an impact in their lives as well. And the thing for me is like, I think some people might look at me and think, she must have a degree. She went to business school, like all these things. I didn't, I did not do any of those things, but have I built a a multi-million dollar business without any of those things? I sure have. Um, Uh (laughs) and that's not to say you shouldn't be knowledgeable. Like you should know what you're talking about, but there's the school of life and then there's school school. And I have nothing against going to school, school, going to university, getting a degree and all those things. But that just wasn't the path that I took. And I know that that's not the path that necessarily a lot of people take when they build businesses. And I think the really beautiful thing about what you talk about is that you may not have those certifications, et cetera, Mm -hmm. but yet look at what you've been able to do. And I think that that is what holds so many people back is they are like, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. I can't do this. I can't do that because I don't have these things. And I know you tackle that in your book. So I want to get to that because it's very exciting. And I love, I love the name of your book. Stop checking your likes, shake Uh off the need for approval and live an incredible (laughs) life. Where did the title come from? The title, I I guess I was thinking, you know, what is it that, you know, really embodies how we're living? And sometimes I joke, I'm like, if aliens came down to our earth, right, and they saw that we're just attached to this little screen almost all the time, it's available 24-7, and really, you know, attaching our worth to little thumbs up and likes, they would think, you know, that we were completely insane and they would leave us. (laughs) They'd be like, who are these weirdos? Like, oh, what, they think that they're doing an okay job at life if they see a little heart icon, you know? Mm. It's absolutely nuts how we just, you know, measure our worth, measure our value. And I think too, we just think that everybody else has their life figured out. And so they're in a great position to give us feedback. And you know, that our feedback, our opinions of ourselves aren't as important, don't hold as much value as other people's opinions. And I think that, you know, it's very natural to feel that way, you know, as human beings, it is it's a great thing to have, you know, this desire to strive and to improve and to always, you know, be the best version of, of us. But I think we just give so much of our power away and it really does hold us back, like you said. Absolutely. And I'm curious, why do you think we are so obsessed with that little like <laughs> yeah. and the validation of the vanity metrics? Yes, I think that, you know, 
it's natural as a human being to not know what you're doing. And by the way, nobody knows what they're doing. And the, the most successful people will admit this. They'll just say that they just keep taking the next step right? And often they'll speak about their intuition, tapping into it. When I interviewed Sarah Blakely, who's a founder of Spanx, she said that in her drive to work, that's when she just checks in with herself, asks herself, why is she doing anything that she's doing, anything in her life? And that is her compass, right? And she always talks about how she had no money and how she, you know, she started her business with 5k and no business school training, like you just said. And look what she's built, right? Because she's just kind of tapping into that inner wisdom. And I feel as if we just, you know, we don't tap into it. We don't trust it. We don't realize that we always have it. It's so much easier to get that sweet little dopamine hit when somebody who you look up to is like cool pick <laughs> i mean it's, <laughs> it's so funny that it sounds so dumb <laughs> but you know, it's like, and, and you know what frankly we're all a bit obsessed with instant gratification you know it's almost like we've forgotten how to really work or how to build something or to become a master of anything it's just so easy to throw something up and get likes and just be thirsty for that all of the time and i think you know when it comes down to it foundationally speaking it's just because we don't always feel like we're enough it's just a question of our own esteem how we just hold you know the esteem that we have for ourselves and always just wanting to prove our worth and it feels like we're worthy when people are liking us yes absolutely it's just that constant external validation loop mm-hmm. that I think everyone sort of gets into and was that the big because I mean I feel like you could have written about so many things because yeah. you're very talented and you have a lot of expertise yeah. so why this and why now I just feel like, you know, as a coach, I can speak to anybody about anything, right? A relationship problem, a money problem, a career problem, I mean, a communication issue, whatever it is. But it always comes back to this, this key concern that we all have. If we fail at something, the failure won't kill us, right? We know that on some level. We can live through anything. Humans are very resilient, but we care what other people are going to think of that failure. Like I got divorced when I was young and I remember thinking at the time, oh my God, everyone's going to think that I'm used goods. A woman said to me, oh, young people don't respect marriage. Young people don't understand anything. Like the world's going down the pan. And I just remember thinking the divorce for me was such a relief. I mean, there's sadness and all the emotions, of course, with a big life change. But I remember thinking this divorce isn't going to kill me, but these people are going to kill me. (laughs) All of this feedback. And then, you know, um, even just like rude remarks I'd get here and there. I was like, that's what's scaring me. Like actually going out on my own with very little money and those things I knew I could do, but it was just the concern of everybody else or the perception that I had that anyone even really cared or was judging me that was what was worrying me and I think that you know if your business fails if you lose a job we know we can live through those things but it's the fear of what everyone else is going to think about us you know in our own minds we think it's all about us that is what hurts us and people aren't thinking about us at all I think that's like the news flash that everyone can take away from this is like <laughs> quick update. Important news for everyone to know is that nobody really cares. Um. <laughs> no one really noticed if you gained five pounds on your vacation. No one noticed that your project wasn't perfect. Everyone is so obsessed with themselves yeah. and no one's worrying about you or judging you or having all that eyes on you. Yeah. And I think that we forget about that because it feels like everybody cares now. And I think that's like the weird world we live in where <laughs> yeah. where when we do share something about ourselves, there is the instant gratification. There are the likes from other people. Everybody has an audience now, which is crazy. I often say everyone is an influencer, whether you have one person following you or a million people following you, you're yeah. technically an influencer because you're influencing the people mm-hmm. who are looking at your stuff. So that's where like we get so tripped up in thinking people care a lot. And so yeah. for you, which I find really interesting, and I think this is something that people often often question about me as well, is like mm-hmm. I 
ironically, even though I work in the online space and the social media space, et cetera, I regularly take breaks mm-hmm. and manage my time on social media. So for you, how did you get to a place where you could get a grip on this and like manage mm-hmm. it and really understand that those likes don't mean as much as we put into them? I mean, if you think about anybody that you follow or love, I mean, how invested are you really in their lives? Right? I don't know any people that follow a few hundred and I can't even really remember who they are. You scroll. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun and light, but I think that we place a lot of emphasis on something that isn't quite real, right? It's almost like a bit of an illusion. Like you said, everyone's an influencer. Like, what does that mean? If you're alive, then yeah, absolutely. You're an influencer. I agree with you. I think that first of all, I'm not even very good at social media, frankly, which I'm happy about. <laughs> um, and I just, I don't know. I, I think that it's part of my world that you know kind of helps my business I think but not even I mean like you I take breaks and nothing happens actually one of my friends an editor friend of mine she was like she is always checking stories it's how she passes the time and she's like I didn't even notice that you went on social media for two or three months right you see like again we just we just assume that everyone knows what we're doing and is paying attention is waiting for an update and I have people who call me and they say I really want to take a break but my business really needs it that and I'm like does it really like (laughs) does it though or do you think that it needs it? Does your ego think of it, that it needs it? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is really the thing. In fact, in the book, I tell this story where when I first came to the US, again, no education, right? No college education, nothing formal. I was going for job interviews. And, you know, I mean, this is America. People are really, you know, interested in education. And it's, you know, there's a lot of emphasis placed on it. But I had to get a job in New York. I needed money, right? I was running out of my savings. and I had to get a job. When the question came up around education, I would kind of turn it around. And I'd say, oh, what school did you go to? America has such great schools, right? <laughs> So I, <laughs> I would, yeah, I would, I would like dodge the question. Frankly, I wouldn't lie about it if I was asked. I would tell the truth. And the thing is, again, even an interviewer who is meant to be so interested in you, right, the subject of the interview, don't care. They want to talk about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So again, I mean, just coming back to this belief that it's all about us, it's such an egocentric way to live. Even if we're people pleasers, even if we're like bending and doing all the things to make other people happy, that's still all about us because yeah. we're like, oh, how is the world responding to me? me, me, me. And I think when you just have a bit of perspective, I mean, you are like a little fleck of sand. I mean, your life is meaningful and powerful and there is one of you, but you know, we're all going to be in the dirt soon. (laughs) We're all going to be in the dirt soon. The world was fine before you. It's going to be fine after you. Make your contribution while you're here because in 50 years, no one's even going to be talking about you. You're going to be a distant memory. Right. Yeah. No, it's a slap of reality. I often will say to people, I'm like, if you knew you were going to die 12 months from now, how different would your life look? And it's drastically different because you you stop caring about this stupid stuff and you stop caring so much about what other people think because you've got, you know, this short time here and it would be great if we all did live that way. But for you and what you're helping people kind of work through with this book, how do you frame it for people to stop caring so much about other people's opinions so they can actually do the things that they want to do? I think that probably the most important thing, and look, this does take time and it's not something that can happen overnight necessarily, but I think if every human being just understood their own worthiness. So for example, just say you went like on a hike today, right? With a couple of friends and you went missing, right? No one's going to be like, wait, should we find her? Like, is she verified? <laughs> <Did> she, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, wait, what does she look like? You know, does she have any money? your life is valuable. Like you, you didn't ask to be here. Think of all the things that had to happen to create you, your parents meeting, their parents meeting, you being alive at this specific time, all the small miracles that had to take place for you to be here, right? That is not to be questioned. 
Surely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I think we often do question it. And like, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to take up space. Yes, you do. And you know what? That is undeletable. That is a fact no matter what has happened to you I, I mean I say in the book I'm like if you found a hundred dollar bill on the street and it was dirty and like crushed up it's still a hundred dollar bill you can't take away its value no matter what it's been through no matter like who's touched it no matter what like the value is that it's the same with a human being no matter what you've done no matter what you haven't done your value is there and that is just the truth so for someone who's listening right now and they're like I know this on an intellectual level. Like I know that I have inherent worth, inherent value. I myself struggled a lot with self-worth for a long time without even really realizing it. And I think it gets masked often with perfectionism and overworking and being busy and being productive, which all sound like really good things, but they also can be super detrimental if you take them to the extreme, which I did. Like I've talked about this a lot. I went through a burnout almost three years ago now. I haven't been through anything similar since, but when I did the work after that and realized that a lot of what happened and what led to that was because I was basically constantly trying to prove my worth to everyone around me, even though I think everyone around me knew it, I didn't. So even if you know it on an intellectual level, and like if I was listening to this podcast back then before I had my burnout, I would be sitting there being like, yes, girl, I know my worth. Like I'm good. I know my value, even though that burnout was still going to happen. And I was still doing all the things that I thought were good for me. Yes. But they were really just masking a lot of that, like Mm self-worth stuff. How do you help somebody identify that Mm -hmm. and get real about it? It's such a good question. And I think that, you know, this issue, all fears just come down to two, two buckets, essentially. I'm not enough and I don't have enough. Any fear that you have, once you boil down to it, once you get to the bottom of it, it's going to fall into one of those two buckets, Mm. right? So first of all, understanding that nothing that you're fearing is original, no feelings that you have, no beliefs, no self-hatred that you have, self-loathing, we all have it, you know, to some degree at different times. It's going to fall into these same categories. Like your fellow humans are just like you. So Mm. first of all, there's nothing wrong with you, but there's nothing weird about you. There's nothing fundamentally flawed about you. This is just how we are as humans. And even our inferiority complex, which again, we all have, it can be used in a healthy way. So I, I know that with your burnout, I went to an extreme, but you know, these feelings of, you know, wanting to, to get better, to improve, it can be healthy. So long as you're just comparing yourself with your ideal self versus comparing yourself with someone who's thinner, richer, cuter, younger, like whatever it is that you're, you're valuing in that moment. So first of all, I think just really understanding that how you're feeling is, is how everybody is feeling. They don't show it. Nobody shows it. A few, a few brave people will talk about it, but everyone has these very similar feelings. And then secondly, to understand that the only thing, that this is really the only thing you have control over, right? Like this is a choice that you get to make, that you're going to commit to working on yourself, understanding that you have value. Again, you didn't deserve to be here. You were put here. Like this is, I mean, this is a magical thing, right? Right. And then knowing that no matter what happens, like it's always going to be in your power, in your control to make the decision to be self-compassionate. When you make a mistake, say, you know, I didn't know. Whatever it is to just be like a little bit kinder is going to help you. It's going to make you more successful. It's going to make you free. And what's the alternative, frankly? What are you going to do? You're going to be like, oh, my, like my life sucks. It sucks. Every, you know, my life is crap. Well, then, yeah, maybe that's how you've been feeling. And how is that working? Mm. 
I feel like there's no other choice but to love, like to feel self-compassion, to always be, you know, focusing on what you like, the strengths that you have, what is possible, knowing you always have options. Frankly, too, one thing that I do when I need a real reality check is I just remember that I have access to water, electricity, mm. you know, I'm a literate woman, like all these, these advantages that we just forget. If you're listening to a podcast, you have a lot of great things already in your life. Yes. In this very moment, that's such a good reality check. If you're listening to this, if you have a car you're listening in or you're listening on your phone, you have more than a lot of people do in the world. And I've always talked about like my gratitude practice being a key pillar of why I'm a happy person. <laughs> and I, and I really do feel like it's basically for me, the starter kit to yes. loving yourself and loving your life and being grateful. And the really amazing thing about creating some sort of gratitude practice, even if it's just waking up in the morning, the first thought you have is one thing you're grateful for. And that, mm-hmm. that's what gets the ball rolling is that when you do that, an interesting thing happens where you start attracting more things to be grateful for. It's how the brain works. Yes, absolutely. It's like what you focus on expands. And what we understand now about neuroplasticity in the brain, when we just focus our attention on something, it'll create a chain reaction for more and more similar thoughts. So you have to be on your own side with this, you know, and if your thought is like, I'm not good enough, I'll never be good enough, right? Then you'll just attract more and more of that. So it has to be conscious. You kind of have to take some responsibility here. Yeah. I call that radical accountability. It's like, yes, whatever your reality is right now, you've created. And some people hate hearing that because they're like, well, I didn't ask for this disease. I didn't ask for this divorce. I didn't ask for the shit that I'm going through right now. And I'm not trying to say that you have, but there are choices that go way, 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 way back or, or things that have happened in your life or deep rooted stuff that needs to be uncovered in order to get to a place where you Mm -hmm. do feel happy, fulfilled, and you feel like you have a good life. And it's not always going to be rainbows and puppy dogs. Of course, like I have bad days. I'm sure you do too. But when you can find the gratitude in what's going on in your life and when you can look for the good and try and focus on the good, no matter what kind of, pardon my French, but shit storm is going on in your life, that's when you create more of it and create your reality that is positive and uplifting and inspiring for you every day. But I know it's a journey to get there, believe me. And it also, you know, because I think some people will also listen to this too and be like, easy for you to say to white women. (laughs) Oh yeah. And and, yeah. And I want to kind of tackle that with you is, Mm -hmm. is this is not just for white women, white men, privileged white people. I think there's a lot of lessons for everybody in this book as well. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like there are some things that you can't change, right? That the time you're born in, who your parents are, like the government, there are just going to be fixed things in your life, right? Your race. I mean, all of these things are, you know, are fixed. That's just the truth. That's the truth for all of us. But there is so much that we do have control over, right? Namely our attitude, our, you know, our, our thoughts, the, how we direct our mind. And a lot of us, we just don't want that responsibility, right? We like to shark it. We say, this is the cause and then this is the effect, right? This is called determinism, right? It's like, this happened to me, so then this is the truth. And based on, you know, taking responsibility, you then kind of almost flip it. So if you say, for example, you know, I had a really bad year and that's why I'm depressed. Like some, some things, bad things happened. Sometimes we want to feel, we don't want, we don't want to change anything. So we find a reason to be unhappy and take no action. So it's easy to be like, oh, you know, I had a bad year. That's why I'm down and no one can question it because you didn't have my year. And that makes me in a way a little bit special, right? It's like, okay, well, this is just how it is for me at the moment. And look, that's okay. If, so long as, you know, there's an understanding of that's still a choice that you're making in that moment. 
we like to pin things. We like to find reasons for things when we could be focusing that energy on finding reasons to choose something else. We can always be choosing again. Absolutely. It's, it's finding ways to justify those mm-hmm. decisions or not even decisions. It's justifying the things that have happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are ways out of that, but again, it, it, it takes the work. So I think I'd love to get to, if someone is just starting the journey of mm-hmm. not burying themselves in a scroll hole and not busying themselves with being, I say it all the time, so it's, it's <laughs> the truth. Um, and not busying themselves by being like the most productive, the most perfect, the most whatever else. What is that journey? And, and I actually wanted to ask you, like, what was your own journey? to get to a place where you really not just validate, were validated by likes, but you actually really liked and loved yourself? Yes. Oh, it's such a good question. So first of all, congratulations. If you are feeling like you're ready to take real accountability for how you feel and then how you appear in the world, right? Like how you show up for other people, for the people that you love, for the work that you want to do. If you're feeling as if, you know, it's time, I want it to be happier. I want to like step it up, you know, or maybe you're just tired. You're tired of feeling a certain way. Congratulations, first of all, right? That is a a wonderful place to be, to want to take accountability for your life as of today, right? Today is a very powerful day. Every like today is a very good day for that, right? And when it comes to going from a place of you know not feeling powerful, one of the most powerful things or empowering exercises that you can do is to realize how many options you have. So sometimes when we feel stuck, this word victim is, some people don't like to use it, but in coaching, we use this term victim loop. But if you're stuck in a victim loop around something where you're not taking responsibility for it, you're like, this is a problem. And so this, like A, a so B, like this is what happened. And so this is why I'm stuck. This is the truth. So this is why I'm here, right? When you can kind of step out of your victim victim loop, right? And see options. This is when you'll already immediately start to feel powerful. So probably in your life, there's one to two things that, is, that are making you feel stuck or sad, you know, or anxious. So the first thing you can do is to really understand how many options you have. So mm-hmm. often we'll think, you know, no, this is the only job that I could have, or no, I'm in this relationship. Like I've got to kind of see it through. And I mean, think about it. There are loads of jobs out there. There are loads of people out there. There's the option of being single. That's the option of side hustling. There's the option of, I mean, online dating. I mean, there are so many options out there, but we simply don't want to see them when we feel stuck. And sometimes we feel like we can't see them, that they don't exist. And whenever you realize how many options you have, you start to feel really, really free, especially when those options include things that feel unthinkable. Maybe you're in like a friendship group or something or a business posse, whatever it is, and you don't like it. Maybe it just doesn't feel right for you. Like you, it's not aligned with your values somehow, but you couldn't possibly leave it because that would just be suicide, like social suicide for you, right? That would just be a terrible mistake to make. Well, is that really true? Is it really true? Think about the things that seem so terrible and scary. The most successful people have done some really scary things mm-hmm. that make them unpopular, that, you know, they, they close down successful businesses, they move country. They, I mean, they do lots of kind of considered you know, unpopular things because they're not focused always on like what the reaction is, what other people are going to say. They're just driven by their own, again, like inner wisdom. And I feel that personally, 
whenever I've kind of done things not based on my intuition, you know, kind of leaning with what sounds popular or doing kind of what feels right, being more of a rule follower, if it's gone against what feels right for me, then the results in the end haven't always been so good. And we know that, right? Sometimes we're like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have trusted that. Like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have followed that. And then life kind of teaches you. I feel like life is always trying to teach us this lesson of trusting ourselves, but we just, we want to always like hand it over. It's so much easier to have something familiar than to have something uncertain. And the world, I tell you, it's always going to be uncertain. Nothing's predictable. Nobody knows when the end of their life is. We don't know anything, you know? And so in terms of like how I'm always practicing, like loving myself, working on it, hey, it's still, it's daily for me. And I work as a coach teaching this stuff. And I feel that essentially I don't take things so seriously. I realize that there are always like many options of freedom's my decision. And when it comes to, you know, like making mistakes and screwing up, just knowing that I'm just, I'm just a girl doing my best, you know? I'm just, yes. I'm just I'm just doing my best, like not perfectly short, have too much wine, spend too much, like, oh, that was a bad decision, like whatever. You know what? I'm just a regular girl doing my thing. And what's so bad about that? Well, and I think one of the things that you just said hit home for me a lot, and it's something that I talk about a lot is that because I've been on both sides of this, I've, I've been the person who was like, it has to be perfect before anybody mm. sees what's what I'm working on. And I've also been the person who's like, let's just get this thing out there. And mm-hmm. that's more so of who I am now. And you just said, you know, you're going to screw up. There's going to be mistakes. There's all all these things. And when you can reframe mistakes or fumbles or hurdles or anything like that into feedback, it makes your growth trajectory a lot faster. And I think if you can learn from some of the biggest businesses in the world, they never wait until their first products are perfect (laughs) or their first versions of themselves are perfect. They need to get it out in the real world in order to see if it actually works. And so you kind of are the same. Like, You don't need to show up perfect every day to be worthy of love and all these things. You just got to show up and constantly be mindful and aware of little tweaks, improvements, tests, things that you can do to improve yourself, improve your surroundings, improve your reality. Yes. And you know, one thing that I think people misunderstand about perfection is there's something similar with this with confidence as well, is that people think that perfection is having high standards and it's Mm. not, it has nothing to do with high standards. It's just about failure anxiety. Mm. And again, the failure, not being the thing that will kill us, right? Something going south, but what everyone's going to think about that failure. And anyone who really who calls themselves a perfectionist or strives for perfection always, they're really performing at a way lesser level than they could because they don't ask for help. They don't push it too far because too far, you know, is where, you know, some mistakes can happen. So they're probably performing at about a five or a six, even though they think, you know, I'm a perfectionist. It's like, oh, girl, if you knew, like if, if you could get some help, if you could, you know, get some feedback, if you could just like think a little bigger about this even and just go for it, just effort and go, you know, then who knows where you could be. Well, right? and I, yeah. And I think also understanding that perfectionism oftentimes is protecting yourself like more than anything else it's just it's keeping you safe because if it's perfect then no one can criticize you but criticism is not the worst thing in the world which I know you really talk about in this book is like and which is oh my gosh it's mind-blowing for for me and I know a lot of people but getting really really comfortable and Mm -hmm. I've had to get better at this over the years because when you grow an audience Mm -hmm. and to be totally honest and transparent, I've talked about this before. Like I never came into what I do now to build an audience. I didn't know what a personal brand was. I didn't know that like social media was going to become what it became. And Mm -hmm. so having an audience of people who follow you inevitably comes with criticism. 
Yes. And, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I've been very fortunate that like it hasn't been a ton, but there's just always going to be people who have something to say and always have an opinion. So I'm, I'm surprised to me that you haven't had more criticism because you have a lot of followers, right? And you have a lot of people who are, you know, who look to you for so much advice. And I mean, I love watching you. I think, oh, thank you. I love your content. I mean, I just really think, mm, like, yes, go girl. And I'm surprised you haven't had that much more criticism. And do you know what? I wish you a lot of criticism, Sunny. <laughs> That is thank my you. wish for you. Thank you. I, have a joke, I have a joke in my group with media. It's a hashtag hate is great. Obviously not giving hate, but like receiving it. I'm like, congrats. Yeah. But I hate it. Congrats. Yes. You know? And and we talk about that a lot in, in the YouTube for Bosses group and in our Authority Accelerator group too, because like it, it, it happens. People are going to say stuff when you build an audience and not everyone's going <laughs> to agree with you or like the way you look or whatever. I remember when I got my one of my first like really awful comments. And I think there's a big difference, obviously, between construction criticism and just like people being mean. Mm -hmm. I told my dad and I was like, oh, what do I do? And it was really hard on me that first one, because I was like, oh my gosh, these people don't like me. And I think you do build up a thick skin, but part of what you really practice and teach is like, get comfortable and enjoy the fact that you're not liked by everybody. Oh, yes. I mean, think about it. Sonny, there are people out there who wouldn't like the fact that we work, mm. right? that we show our hair, that we show our body, that we have sex before marriage. I mean, if you're pleasing everybody, good luck. I mean, mm. you are always going to be failing at that. You know, mm-hmm. if you have this courage to be like, you know, and this is actually what real confidence is, right? People think mm. that confidence is like being extroverted and, you know, you know, having everything go right. And confidence is being willing to receive and hold any negative emotion. That is what a confident person does. They're like, you know what? It's okay. Rejected, disappointed, humiliated, embarrassed, whatever it is, having it knowing that feeling is temporary and allowing it to be and still moving forward anyway, based on your own inner judgment. That's all it is. And you know what? The hate, oh, I've actually had a, a page in my book where I just list all the comments. I mean, this is, I don't want to say any of them. I mean, I'm a lovely podcast, but they're No, you me. absolutely can. We, we, we go deep here. You can do whatever you want. Someone's saying, your husband's a pussy. You look like a man. You are a gold digger. You're a thing whore. I mean, Sunny. Oh my gosh. I don't I don't know these people. And you know what? It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like, I'm not in it. You know, it yeah. has nothing to do with me. Yet whenever people have, you know, get, receive the criticism and they, you know, they feel sad. And look, it's human. It hurts when people say mean things about us. But it's never like, oh yeah, great, let's have a criticism party about me, you know. Right. But but if you're just if you can just have the perspective, it has nothing to do with you. And if you're offending people too, or you know, upsetting them, however they would describe it, then it means that you're doing something. Yes, because it's just, I, everybody can say it and it can sound like, you know, a cheesy thing or a broken record or whatever, but it really is the truth that you cannot please everybody and you don't want to. Like one of the core templates of, of building success, building a brand, et cetera, and mm-hmm. being a brand that lasts is you're going to have people who love you and you're going to have people who hate you. And yeah. that just is what it is. And so you kind of have to get comfortable with it and also just celebrate it when that happens. Cause you're like, Oh, at least I'm creating some polarity here and yes. you don't want to be vanilla. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? It's so funny when, um, when I interviewed Chris Jenner once, she tweeted me, tweeted Marie Claire, tagged Marie Claire and tagged me. And I saw all the comments because I was in the tweet and it's insane what they were saying to her about her children, about mm. the guy. I mean, it was ugly. And I'm like, do you think Chris Jenner's reading this? 
Right. Hell that's no. my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you, you spend your time spewing that hate. She'll just go roll around in her bags of money. Like I'm- <laughs> exactly. And I designed to have that. I mean, hello, you know, yeah. like she, I mean, so, I mean, I just think that I have a lot of perspective on this and I feel as if, if you can bounce back from disappointment and, re- you know, criticism, rejection quickly, then that's also where a lot of your power is going to be. And nothing drives people more crazy than their inability to hurt you. Yes. It's so frustrating to people. (laughs) If you want to annoy your haters, just love them. Just love them or just like be completely indifferent. That's kind of where I've gone to. I'm like, okay, feel free. I know one time my mom was like, I saw some, somebody said something, you know, something cruel about you. Don't worry. I set them straight. And I'm right. like, oh, thanks. Don't worry about it, mom. Yeah. You're like, it's okay. It happens. It's fine. It's actually a I'm good like, thing. I'm like, if you knew. Yeah. If you only knew some of the stuff, that's so crazy to me. And I think that's the takeaway too, is like, you have to have a certain level of empathy for people like that who do leave those yeah. comments because how bad must your life be if you're spending your time, your very precious, valuable time mm-hmm. writing something cruel or mean? And those are never the people that you want in your circle anyways. So exactly. Godspeed and good luck. Bye. Like, And there's one thing. Yeah, there's one thing that A Course in Miracle says. And I just, I love this line because it's so simple and it just encapsulates so much. It says, every single action that we take is either an expression of love or a call for love. Mm. And anytime somebody's doing something that isn't loving, then they they need to be loved. Absolutely. Well, so they I, didn't, yeah, they don't I, need to be their friend, but just forgive and delete. You know exactly. <laughs> and I I really love like the fact that your book is diving into that aspect of it because I think a lot of like the self help books and around like self worth and self love are all about just like positivity, positivity, positivity. And yeah. I think that it's okay to embrace the dark side too. And I think if there is no darkness, there is no light. So I think that's mm-hmm. so important. And I want to leave on somewhat of like a tactical note, I guess, for our audience, which is if you could advise the listener right now who's sitting there listening to this and being like, I'm ready to dive into really owning who I am and really loving who I am and like not being so attached to my phone, et cetera. What would be something that you would tell them to do today, right now? One thing that I say a lot, and I, I really hope that this brings relief. And I think that sometimes it can just be a really good instant reframe is just not to take anything too seriously. <laughs> just if you can just have a lighter attitude about everything, especially about yourself. Mm. Like if you can just be like, ah, curious, <laughs> not like, Mm, doomsday, serious. Most things, like 99% of things just simply aren't that serious. And our concern about the outcome, the worry about it is much worse than the actual consequence itself if the worst thing happened. So if we can just like lighten up, remember this is a very temporary ride that we're all on, that no one else has it figured <laughs> out, you know, and then just to maximize what it is that you have. Everyone is so gorgeously unique. And even if you think you have nothing to offer, you absolutely do. And if you, even if it's one small thing, it's enough. It's enough. And that just focus on that and just keep going from there and go easy and have fun. Yes. I love that so much. I will say that one of the biggest changes that ever happened for me mentally Mm -hmm. was when I went from, and I talk about this a lot too, and just like the interactions with the people in my, in my life is that I went from confrontational to curious. And it started with my own internal dialogue was if I said something or did something where, and we all have these moments where you're like, Oh, that was stupid. Or why did I say that? Or, Oh my gosh, I just made a fool out of myself. I used to get really down on myself, be really hard on myself and like almost be confrontational and like start a fight with myself. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to switch that verbiage in my head to, huh, wonder why I did that. Huh, wonder why, wonder why that happened. 
And it's so much less harsh and mean and critical because like we just talked about, there's enough criticism to go around outside of you. (laughs) Everybody's got something to say. So you are your own worst critic, but the moment you can get a handle on that, Mm -hmm. you can handle more criticism from elsewhere because you realize that you're okay. Like as long as you're aligned and you're okay and you feel centered, that the rest of that stuff isn't going to matter as much. Amen, Sunny. Oh, I just said it better. <laughs> that only comes my own personal experience from this, but <laughs> yes, yes, and it's so good that we share these things because if you can do it, that means it's possible. Absolutely, right? yeah, for sure. And I think the the other thing I wanted to just touch on on a tactical level too was, I know that like regardless of how much we talk about like stop checking your phone, stop caring mm-hmm. about your likes, all mm-hmm. this stuff. Actually, though. How do you do that? And how do you really truly take a breather from social media? Is it necessary to do every day? How do you do it? Yes. Great question. So first of all, stop acting passive about it. It's like, oh, I just get sucked in. Uh-uh. Mm. <laughs> no one's getting sucked into anything. You're always choosing it. And look, we do have this muscle memory. It's like a reflex, right? Waiting in line, waiting for the subway, have a second between meetings, check your phone. In 20 minutes a day, you can learn a language, Sonny. And how many minutes are you spending on Instagram? I mean, I looked at my average the other day. It was 38 minutes. I thought that was so much. I'm like, I could be speaking Japanese and Finnish, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but instead, I'm just like scroll, scrolling. And, I, and, you know, I scroll so much that I just see stuff that, you know, it hasn't even been updated yet. Like it, it hasn't even refreshed. Right. That mean, you know? Yeah, you I'm go down to the it. point where it's like you're all caught up and you're like, no, no, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I know. I've seen Meghan Markle on that red leather skirt. Oh, it's still, yep, still there in the same red leather skirt. <laughs> so, oh, so, so I get it. But right, we're all human. So it has to be conscious. And I think if you can have a 48-hour delete, like you can always re-sign back into your apps anytime. If you have a 48-hour delete or you, you just put your apps in a folder and make it as swipe far away as possible, if you can just do that, even just for a couple of days, just see it, see how it feels. No one's going to miss you. Don't worry. The queen of England is not DMing you. You're not going to miss anything, <laughs> right? Like you're going to be okay. Test it, see how you feel. But you felt you first, like just you know, the, the main thing is to understand that you're in control and to use an active voice. I'm choosing not, you know, oh, this just happens to me. Or, you know, it's just too easy to, or you know, to be like, I'm choosing this because right. hey, like who, who's in control here? you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And again, that also circles back to the idea of radical accountability. It's nobody else's fault that you're scrolling through social media and it happens. Like, believe me, I'm not sitting here on my high horse being like, I never get into a scroll hole. I never, you know, I'm on social media for way too much time. It, It totally happens to me. It happens to all of us, but it's, it's understanding. I think the big shift for me, whenever I get into that place is I sort of start to recognize the signs of like something's not right, but I'm just avoiding dealing with it because I would rather just scroll through my phone because it's easier. So it's it's learning your own red flags when you're internally battling something or you're not happy about something and not numbing it with a scroll hole and instead diving into whatever it is that you're not happy about taking radical accountability for it and radical action to take care of it so that you can feel better about it and feel better about yourself. So you're one of the most confident people I've ever met and I love you for it. And so just, I think the last thing that I would love to leave our listener with is how do you become the most confident version of yourself? I love this question. You know what? Confidence is a decision. It's so deceptively simple. No one's going to be like, you know, here's a jar of confidence, right? Or yeah, once you, once this happens or that happens, yep, yep. 
you've earned your little confidence, you know, stamp now. No one can decide it for you. Nothing can grant it to you. You're already deserving of it. You're either just choosing it or not choosing it. And mm. I chose it. I chose it a long time ago and I keep choosing it and it's not up for discussion. certainly not and it's certainly not yeah no absolutely and I think even when things go wrong it's and it doesn't mean things won't go wrong it just means that when they go wrong you're going to be a bit better equipped yes absolutely Mm -hmm. and I think that's like a really big takeaway here too is that things do go wrong no one is perfect and I make mistakes all the time and I often think to myself I'm like I have no effing clue what I'm doing and (laughs) and yet like and yet I do in so many ways but there are still things every single day where I am like wait, what? Like, why am I doing this? What am I doing? What's my plan? Do I have a strategy? And that's the beauty really. And when you can take it from overwhelm and, and chaos to, oh, this is exciting. Now I get to figure this out. And I know that I've figured so many other things out in my life. I can do this. That's when you start to really make the change and turn around. So thank you. Thank you, Susie. I'm so excited for you. Where can everybody go and get this book? Everywhere books are sold, it is available, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. And if you decide to buy a copy before the end of April, by April 30th, if you email info at suzy-more.com, you get a lot of free goodies from me too. Amazing. And we're going to put the link to purchase the book below in the show notes so everyone can go get their copy and stop checking their likes because Lord knows we all need to. (laughs) Thank you so much, Thank you. It was such a joy for me. So much love to you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And if you guys enjoy this episode, as always, please take a screenshot, share it out on Instagram stories, tag me, tag Susie. Susie, what's the best handle for you? On Instagram, it's at Susie.more. Perfect. Awesome. So yeah, share it out and let us know what you think. And we can't wait to hear your feedback. Thank you so much again, Susie. Thank you. Wasn't that a fun episode? And I hope that it struck a chord with you in some way, shape, or form. Let me know what your big takeaway was. Just screenshot this episode on your phone, tag me on Instagram stories, share it out, and tell a friend who needs to hear this because I think there's a lot of really good stuff that we covered in this episode today about liking yourself more than you like the likes on social media. So again, if you enjoyed it, share it out. Let me know what you think. Send me a DM, whatever you want to do. I love just chatting with you about this podcast. And if you haven't, please, please, please take a second right now to leave a rating and a review because every single month I pick a winner from our ratings and reviews and give you a $250 Amazon gift card. So pretty simple. All you got to do is leave a five-star rating and a review of this podcast and what you think, and you could win a $250 Amazon gift card. As always, I so appreciate you listening and remember to take care of yourself today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your fellow bosses. Congratulations on showing up for yourself today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.